1: Head to BetOnline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use promo code BELIEVE to receive your rewards. Bet online, where the game starts. Welcome to another edition of Believe in Saints, sponsored by BetOnline.ag. I'm David Grubb, and as always, I'm with the man Terrence Copper. TC, man, we got a lot to talk about. Every week, the drama just seems to heighten around the New Orleans Saints. And last week, it was, ai mean, at home, the Ravens come in, and the game was essentially, again, over at halftime. You know, the Saints were down double digits. They, They did not look good. They got beat up physically. Guys, you know, I mean, you're just leaving the field in large numbers after that beating. And they looked like a broken team mentally. The energy, the fire was gone. You saw saw an Alvin Kamara who's still trying to rally his troops. Mm -hmm. But for a a large section of that game, it looked like there were a lot of players who were resigned to the fact that they were going to lose that ball game. And uh, this is uncharted territory for a lot of Saints fans who weren't around during the um Mike Ditka days or the end of the Jim Hazlitt days. We didn't become fans till after Hurricane Katrina, who weren't around for the 80s, like mm-hmm. I was when it was when the Superdome you know couldn't get a sellout. This mm-hmm. is this is unusual territory, but this is where the Saints find
0: themselves nine weeks into the season. Yeah, you're exactly right. And when I when I actually was watching the game, I'm looking at it, and the same thing you saw about them getting beat up, and you can kind of see it on their face. You can kind of see it kind of transpiring. I feel like a lot of that, of course, the defense, they stayed on the field for – they stayed on the field too long. A honestly. whole quarter more <laughs> That's than the Ravens. A whole quarter. And 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 you're playing the Ravens. <laughs> That's what they do is run – listen, their run game is so good and so complex, I don't see how a team stops it. At one point, I saw them overload to the left side. I'm talking about the Ravens offense. They overloaded to the left side. They had everybody on the left side blocked down, and they had their back to guard and tackle pull the opposite way. Like, how do you even stop this stuff? And then, in fact, like I said, they got a good running back in Drake, but then you have another running back in your quarterback, and he's the most athletic guy on the field. How do you stop something like that? You know, so first of all, you're going to have a tag stopping that. And then your offense, what, we was 3-4-11 on third down? We couldn't sustain drives. We ran 49 plays. 49 plays is almost – listen, in the NFL, you're usually going to average around 60 to 70 plays in a game. 60 on the low end. You're usually around 65, 69, 70, around that area. Especially the, when you're
1: the Saints and you
0: play with tempo. Yes, and, but for you to average, for you to have 49 plays, that's almost like a practice. You know, so, I mean, you're not going to beat anybody playing that way, especially the Ravens when their run game is really the top of their offense.
1: There's There are a lot of way, uh, places to look. Um, but let's start with the coaching situation because this has now risen into in a, a real discussion. I mean, there mm-hmm. are now – stories uh, going around. You see major media outlets reporting that at the end of the season, you know, that Sean Payton is the favorite to take the job. And um, I believe now it moved from San Diego to um, to Denver and that Brian Flores is the favorite to come to New Orleans. Now, I don't believe that the Saints will fire Dennis Allen during the season. I, that's not the Saints way. And Dennis Allen is, has been part of the franchise for for more than a decade you know, in some capacity or another, this is, that's not who they are, but it is concerning when Mickey Loomis has a private conversation with the head coach right after a game. It is concerning when it feels like after a really tough loss, the answers were insufficient as to why this team looks unprepared. And when the players are saying guys don't know where to line up nine weeks into the season, when players are saying, we don't really have an idea of who we are out here. There's a problem um, at the top, and at the and, and it extends from the coaching staff down through the water
0: boy at this stage. Man, that's tough, you know, especially when the players step out and start saying certain things. And they're, not, they're not throwing the coach under the bus, but they're just speaking truth. And the first thing that jumps out at me is when it comes to what's going on maybe we have too much in too much in because when you have too much in, you're trying to get complex with certain things and certain teams you play, you got to get complex with it, but maybe the team we have, is not that type of team right now? And like I said, maybe we got to establish some type of identity first before we start trying to get too consumed with different things that we're doing. Because like I said, if the guys don't know what they're doing, you know, and like it's nine weeks in, that part of it is coaching uh, because if it's – if you have multiple guys saying we don't know what we're doing, we, we can't get lined up right, you know, that is – they're not getting taught well enough. But on the flip side of that, I'm not so quick to throw Coach Allen under the bus or throw him out the building yet because at the end of the day, this guy, he doesn't have the starting quarterback. You know, he doesn't have his top two receivers. Well, top three – well, you got two – But Olave is probably the top receiver, but he don't have two of his three top receivers. You know, so when you're missing those three pieces just off that part of just your your starting quarterback and your main two receivers, you got to give him another opportunity. You got to give him some time to see what he really can do when he have a full deck of cards. Right now, they're handicapped. And, you know, and it's showing, especially offensively, it's showing. Defensively, now, I don't have too much to say about the guys saying they can't get lined up well, get lined up right. To me, that is on the coaching, honestly.
1: It, but the, the tough thing, though, is when he comes after the game, he says, I never considered making a quarterback change. This was just a bad day at the office. We've seen a few bad days at the office lately. and mm-hmm. And we talked about this last time. About Jameis potentially having an opportunity, but Taysom as well. I mean, look, let's be honest. If we're going to, if the Saints, I thought coming into the season, the identity of this team, even with the receivers coming back, was that this was going to be a power running team as far as you were going to establish the run to go with this defense that you felt was still supposed to be a top. 10 defense at the very least, if not Mm -hmm. a top five coming into the season. So I felt, you know, with James coming in and the guys trying to work their way back, having these new receivers that the saints would run the ball a bit more, kind of like the Super Bowl team that the running game led the passing game. This was the, I think what it was number one rushing team in the league that year. Mm -hmm. So I felt like that's what the saints were going to try to go back to. We didn't really see them established to run early because the offensive line was struggling a bit. And again, injuries were there. Well, here we are again, you still have injuries. The, the injuries haven't gone any way that maybe they've gotten worse. If you want to talk about it and we'll get into the guys who are missing practice. But to say during this, that when you need a spark, the two things I know about Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill, if Taysom Hill is under center, he's going to bring that downhill, I'm going to take somebody out energy into the huddle. He's going, to look, y'all know, I look, I'm not going to throw it 30 times, but we're going to do something here. Whatever we got to do with the ball, Taysom is going to do that. If I got to run it, if I got to drop it off, whatever we're going to do, that energy comes in. And we've seen Jameis on the sidelines the last couple of weeks, smacking guys on the back, cheering, you know, rapping before the game, getting guys in the huddle, exciting, you know, try, that's, his, that's who he is. It's not fake. Right. Maybe when you're down in that situation and you don't feel inspired by what's going on, maybe whatever's happening, you're getting your behind beat. Try something different in the moment. If you want to stick with Andy and bring him back for the Pittsburgh game because it's a short week and whatever. Okay. We can live with that. But Mm -hmm. I don't think there was a fan who understood that. And I would imagine that's some players who maybe feel like Jameis or Taysom haven't gotten a fair end of this in their usage. And we could talk about Taysom not getting enough touches there, too. There may be some players who are saying, Can we just try it? Can we just try? Because what we're doing ain't working. Can we mm-hmm. try
0: something? And that's how I feel about it. You know, I, I get everything what's going on, but you know how I feel about Taysom Hill. Taysom mm-hmm. Hill is my guy. Like, he's one of my favorite players uh, in the league. Just because he can do everything. That is my thought process. Let's get let's get him involved more. Every time he gets involved, every time he got a, a hefty load, we come out victorious. I think, a big,
1: a t- I think it's a the numbers all the time. Is if, if Taysom gets more than 10 touches, the Saints typically win. If he gets, you know, I, I think there's a, I, I don't I, that may not be the number, but there is a line of demarcation for his touches that the Saints usually win.
0: And what he only had, what, six touches in this last game? Yeah, I want to say. And then, and then what got me was at one point, I think it was after halftime, if I'm remembering correctly. Taysom came out and started, if I'm not mistaken. It was either after halftime or after the first quarter. He came out and started the first couple of plays. And as soon as he, he I think he had a couple of positive plays, and they took him right back out and brought in Andy again. You know, so my whole thing is I understand that Andy Dalton is your quarterback right now. But Taysom Hill is the guy, not the guy necessarily saying put him at the quarterback position the entire time, but him and Alvin put it on those two guys' shoulders because I guarantee you the way they run the ball, the way they have so many – they're so versatile. Those two guys alone offensively can carry us where we need to go. I mean, of course we got other receivers that can play. Olave is killing it. He's going to be special. That's a whole other story. He's going to be special. But Taysom and Alvin, put it on those two guys' shoulders, and they can do it because they're versatile enough, they understand the game enough, and they can get you out of situations that maybe, you know, if you got Andy Dalton at the quarterback position, you're not getting out of those situations. Right now, you need to put your best players on the field right now offensively and try to make something happen.
1: To me, it's just, I mean, give me the four yards. If Taysom's going to give me four yards a run and then occasionally break 10, break 15, maybe break 60. Right. I'll take the four yards because at least then, like again, it's so important for this team to get first downs, mm-hmm. especially early. You know, this is not a team built to come from behind. They've only done it once this year, and it took a Herculean effort in the fourth quarter to do that. So, you know, this is not who they are. They have to play with a lead. You have to set this defense up for perfect conditions. And to do that, it starts with getting some first downs because special teams has let you down this year. Punting, Blake Gillikin, who went from maybe being one of the best punters in the league, has been really inconsistent. Will Lutz is no longer money. You know what I'm saying? He's not bad. But he's mm-hmm. not that money guy that you thought before. So you got to get first downs and you got to get touchdowns. You got to put this team in position to score. And to me, we know again, we know what Andy is at this stage of, in his career. There is no question as to what he is capable of and what he is incapable of. But at least with Taysom or Jameis, to me, there's a potential there for a higher ceiling. And I think that's what the Saints need to have if you're going to give yourself any hope down the rest of the, the, the season. If you gonna find a way to scrap some wins together and give yourself a positive feeling going into next year,
0: you got to give them some wins. Mm-hmm. You, you got to win. You got to win. And the crazy thing about it is, Dave, we still can win the division. That's what's so crazy about three, all Three this. out
1: of four teams <laughs> lost last week in the division. Tampa had to come back to steal theirs. And every week they're handing it to you on a plate. And the Saints are like, no, thank you.
0: Yeah, we, but I think a lot of, I think a lot of our issues, of course, early on, it was the defense giving up too many explosion plays secondary, not tackling. Well, uh we're injured in the secondary, you know, so a lot of that stuff is going on, but I think at the end of the day, I think offensively can help the defense out because all, the fact that we can't sustain drives that we're not putting points on the board that we are running our defense out there way too many times, way too often, you know, You're really going to stress your defense out. You know, you're going to stress them. And if you're not playing complimentary football the way we should be playing now, they're going to struggle. I still feel like our defense has made improvements, especially coming off that Raiders game. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: I just think going up against the Ravens, the type of offense they run, and the fact our offense couldn't stay on the field, I feel like we just got beat down. I still got high hopes in our defense. I still think our defense has come a long way. I still think we're improving. I just think playing against the Ravens and the way they run the ball and their their run schemes and their blocking schemes and their misdirections and you got a quarterback in Lamar Jackson that's, like I said, the most athletic guy on the field, and then you take consideration your offense not staying on the field, you're going to get ran down. You're going to get beat up because that's what the Ravens do. The Ravens have a saying is we are building a bully. Mm-hmm. That is what we used to talk about all the time when I played for the Ravens, building a bully. And that is exactly how they play football. Like they're bullies, uh, not bullies in a in a bad way, but they're they bullies. They take it to you. Exactly. They take it to you. And they're physical. But the where their block schemes are, the way they set up angles to get certain blocks, man, it's hard to stop an offense like that, especially when your offense is getting off the field and not sustaining drives. Because I
1: think that you know it's a big you know, people are like, I don't understand the complaints. The Saints are putting up yards, they're doing this, they're still in the top 10 in yards. This is a good offense, they just not do no, because you look at the yards, right behind the saints in yards are the Detroit Lions, they don't have a winning record, right? Right behind them are the San Diego Chargers, they've been struggling. Mm-hmm. So yards, we know about empty yards. You've been on teams where you mm-hmm. racked up yards when they don't matter. You watch that every, you know, you watch college football every week. There are a lot of guys who can rack up yards when the game is, is not in question anymore. When right. the defense is no longer on the other, the opponent is like, why am I going all out? We beat y'all. I mean, mm-hmm. We just got to stop you now. We don't have to come all, you know. And I think that's what the saints have done the last few weeks. You play, you got the fortune of playing against some very bad defenses, where mm-hmm. you were able to put up a lot of yards but against teams again that have that are good teams that are above 500 teams that have something to play
0: for that offense has not put up points yeah uh, you're you're correct on that but i tell you one person that has been excelling and that's olave
1: mm-hmm.
0: look i've never seen i've never seen a young receiver like that that has to know it all and, and understand route running the way he does at a young age, his mindset and the way he run routes is the, the mindset and the route running of a veteran. And when I say a veteran, I'm talking about a veteran that, that still has a lot left in the tank, but he's, he don't, he's not in his prime that much longer, but he's still able to get it done because mentally he knows the game because he's been playing for a while. He has that experience. That's the mindset Olave have right now, and he's he's still not in his prime yet. I still don't think he hit his prime yet. Oh, no. He, he hasn't hit it, but his IQ of route running, and when I say route running, I'm not just talking about, oh, he gave you good routes. I'm talking about his feel. Yeah, his adjustment is on the yeah. fly.
1: I got to go a, a yard or two deeper on this because of the way my the DB is playing me. I got to cut this route off because of it, the way – that
0: yeah. So for him to have that type of IQ right now at a young age, man, you don't know where his ceiling is at. You just, you just don't know. And, and that it becomes
1: even more important because Mike Thomas being gone for the year. I, I want you to address this because there have been a lot of people, you know, have come out and been like, "This the biggest mistake the saints ever made was giving Michael Thomas that money. He doesn't want to play. He's not this, that, and the other. That man didn't ask to get hurt. That I man didn't ask to get hurt, and, and I want you to talk in particular about how bad a turf toe on your big toe, especially how bad an injury is that. Not just for you know a wide receiver, which is really important because you plant, but for any football player when you're dealing with turf toe, how bad is that?
0: It's terrible, especially and for him it seemed like it's severe. I had turf toe twice, and different and different uh, toes. Well, one of my big toe, my right foot, and one of my left toe, my left big toe, my left uh, leg. So you can't run. You can't run. You can't put pressure on it. So I want people to imagine your big toe. i tell you what t- turf toe is. Imagine your big toe, right? And right up under your big toe is a ligament, right where your big toe and your actual foot connect. That ligament right there, it gets inflamed. And every time you walk, you got to come up on your toe or every time you run, you got to come up on your toe. Well, every time you do that, that, that lend that ligament, that tendon gets inflamed and it starts hurting. You can't even run. You can't, is, there's nothing you can do about that. All he can continue to do is ice it um, and try to massage it out and try to get that, get the inflammation out of it. But, and also you can have it at the top of your toe. So it's just, Let me tell you something about turf toe, man. It is one of the worst injuries a skilled position can have. Uh, Forget a sprained ankle, because you can wrap that thing up sometimes and you can get out there and play. But with turf toe, there's nothing you can do about it. Your your feet is carrying all your weight, you know, and when you get that injury, man, there's there's nothing you can do. I mean, and at the end of the day, you can't even – there's not even a timetable on how long it's going to take to heal. It's all about your body and adjusting to it. That's it. Like there's no timetable. I know guys that that still feel their turf toe from 20 years ago when they had it severely. So, I mean, I'm not I'm not complaining about him. I mean, I understand at the end of the day he got injured and he got paid at the end of the, and and he's not he's not on the field helping the team. But the injury he have, he can't help that. He can't
1: help it. And I don't see a guy who's not engaged. I see a guy on the sideline who's still very much engaged in the game, who's still Mm. very much a part of this team. So, yeah, I don't think he's checked out in any way. So I I think it's just – it's unfair uh, for those who are questioning his commitment to football and to his team because I just think he's he's, he's shown that he wants to be out on the field. This is a dude who wants to play. And, of course – He has something to prove. I mean, you know, this is a guy who was the number one receiver in the NFL without question, a record setter every year he played. And now he's an afterthought. Nobody wants to go from that. Nobody wants to go from that.
0: Right. Right. Like like, this, this is not his fault. I think he still got the fire to play. Uh, Of course, I feel like everybody's frustrated right now because they're not winning. Uh, They're not winning. But. I still have high hopes for this team because we still it's not like we're not winning because we don't have the roster. It's not like we're not winning just because we don't have the talent. We have the talent. Now we just got to put everything together, man, and get on one accord. And when I say one accord, I'm talking about everybody uh, from the players and down to the coaching staff. Everybody got to get on one accord. We got to come up with some game plans that are. That's not as, I'm not going to say that's not as complex because you got to put some stuff in there. You can't just be vanilla, but we just, we know what we're doing. Everybody got to know what we're doing. Even if we got to do extra studying, if you got to go home and study a little bit more uh, and get into that playbook, but we got to know, even if you have to run more plays and practice to make sure you're covering everything that you're doing, you know, it is what it is, but those things you have to do.
1: And I think, you know, as we get into the matchup, the injuries, I think, necessitate simplifying the game plan because you could be without your center, your starting center, and Eric McCoy, who, you know, left the game last week. Andrews Pete did not – does not expect it to practice today. They took off yesterday, um, which, again, let me ask you that real quick. In a short week, after a loss, how often did you get that extra day of rest And how much do you think in this case, when you do have some starters who could potentially be out, do you think it's a a, – and I'm not trying to make you say anything to throw the man under the bus, but I'm just asking from your perspective, would you have taken that extra day off of practice when you know you may have guys stepping into roles that they have not played
0: this year? So I think – so I'm going to answer this question. So I think taking that day off was needed because you just got beat up.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: I'm quite sure it had a lot of guys that maybe wasn't on the injury report that are beat up. You know, we've been playing, what, nine weeks straight?
1: Mm -hmm.
0: We ain't had a bye week, you know, and we're beat up. We're beat up, so you needed that day off. But I really wouldn't give him the entire day off, and I don't know if he did. They all would have been in the building. Still, we watching film. We still going over plays. We're going to have a mental practice. But I'm not I wouldn't give them the entire day off because you got to put stuff in. It's a short week because honestly, this week right here. They're not going to be they shouldn't be out there in full pass practicing. Right. A lot of stuff should be walkthroughs because you don't. It's a short week and you just came from a physical game last week. You're, and if you go out there and try to beat each other up in practice, running different routes, you're not going to have any legs when it comes to Friday to play. Yeah, I just, I just think
1: I was just thinking about the mental reps of getting guys, like I said, seeing yeah. things lining yeah. up. Like if that's a question, you don't have to be in full pads to, to work on right. lining up and, and, yep. and having guys assess situations and say, what do you see if I'm because somebody's going to be starting opposite, um, you know, it's for Pete Werner opposite Demario Davis. So whomever mm-hmm. that is. Are you prepared for those responsibilities? You know, those types of things. Yeah, they don't need to be beating each other up, going full speed and hitting. But, uh, you know, I just, yeah, I hope that they are getting those mental reps. I hope it wasn't a complete day off and get them out of the building. Because I think for me, like, getting this right is not going to happen individually outside the building. This is Mm -hmm. a collective thing where guys have to, like you said, get on one accord. I need to understand you. How can I lift you up, my teammate? And at, mm-hmm. what, what, what do you need for me? Are you missing something that I see? And can I talk to you about that? You know, those types of things. And I think that's what this team really needs. It just feels like there's a lot of just disjointed, um, you know, just disjointed, a disjointed spirit about the team. Not necessarily. That they don't like each other. I'm not saying anything like that, but you know, how it is when
0: you lose. And I think there's just a little bit of
1: a disjointed
0: feel. And the good thing about it though, the good thing about, if you can take something good, the fact that we're losing, uh, Losing tends to bring teams together if you have the right leadership in the building, because now you have so many people that's writing you off. Mm -hmm. The media, whether the fans, you know, everybody's writing you off. So now when you're talking to your players and look, all we have is us, don't nobody believe in us anymore. Don't nobody feel like we can do this. We can do that. All we have is us, everybody in this building. This is all we need to be listening to the people in this building, and this all we have is us. So it tends to kind of bring teams together if you have the right leadership and they're not tearing apart from the scene. So if you have the right leadership, uh, this team really can get band together and really pull something off leading to the the latter part of the season, which this is when we need to get better right now because we can make a little little run right now, especially dealing with Steelers because they're struggling as well. They're looking for a win just like we are. You know, so this is a game that we can win and we should win.
1: Yeah, this is the first time this season the Saints have been a favorite on the road. Um, You're going up against a Pittsburgh team that's only scoring 15 points a game. Um, Kenny Pickett, a rookie quarterback. Things are set up. (laughs) Like, again, it's set up for you to do well here. A defense that has struggled outside of, you know, they got some – big names but they've not been great this year they've been okay so yeah you're set up to win and the saints the saints have had success against the steelers all time like they're one of the few franchises that the saints have an all-time winning record against and we're 35 years just about to the day a couple of weeks off from the saints clinching their first winning season in pittsburgh so you know maybe maybe there's some luck uh, in them three rivers up there for the saints this this weekend
0: yeah, and one thing that we have to do as the Saints, you can't look. And I'm quite sure they have. We just, but we're talking for the, for our, uh, our listeners. We cannot look at what the Steelers look like defensively, and what their stats were, and they wasn't doing this well defensively because T.J. Watt hadn't been playing. Mm-hmm. He's expected to be back this week, right here. Yes, and he is a monster. I was looking at some stats, and when T.J. Watt plays the entire game or plays a certain amount of snaps. Like, their win percentage goes up. I'm talking about through the roof, almost 50%. It goes up. You know, so the fact that he's back, uh, he is a guy that can get after the quarterback. He is a guy that's very versatile. So we're going to have to really give uh, whoever has blocked him, give him some help, whether we have a running back chipping when he's coming out of the backfield, whether we put putting a tight end on this side chipping before he goes out for a route. But either way, we got to get help on T.J. Watt because he can change the game by himself.
1: And one of the biggest ways he changes the game is turnovers. He would, mm-hmm. ge- like you said, when he's on the field, they generate turnovers. Whether it's mm-hmm. him causing them himself, or just collapsing a pocket and making a quarterback get it out too quickly, it just he does those things. And and turnovers have been
0: a problem for the Saints in critical games this year. Yeah, definitely. And he's one of those guys, kind of like a Justin Houston that we played last week. You know, Justin had a amazing game. You know, but. I feel like we could have done more. And when I say Justin Houston, I'm talking about for the Ravens, mm-hmm. I've done more in helping slow him down. Uh, but now you really have to do more to slow TJ Watt down because he's, he's not as old as Justin, but he's just as good. He's just nonstop
1: as motor, nonstop yes. motor. He's going to keep coming. And uh, you know, this is, again, these are the gut shapes. You You get your opportunity. You're on the road. Everybody's saying you're supposed to win again. Now you're, you're a favorite again, and I, it's just—I think, like you said, it's, it's about simplifying things. They've got to get plays. They've got to get time of possession, and they've got—you uh, know—I, I—they th- got to use Taysom. They have to. That's it. I mean, they have to. It, it's there to me. There's no way to justify him not getting double-digit touches every week. It just, it doesn't make sense. Mark Ingram's not around right now. You know, you don't have a, that real power back behind um, Alvin to change pace. That's Taysom. Taysom's your power back with mm-hmm. speed. He's your yep. power back with speed. So I don't understand not utilizing him. You don't again, you don't want to put his body in jeopardy, but 10 touches a game, that's two touches a quarter. That's two mm-hmm. touches a quarter. You If you can't figure that out, something wrong.
0: Yeah, and And there's so much you can do with him and and Alvin in the backfield. Like you can put them in the backfield together and you can run misdirection. You can run screen plays with either one of them. You know, it's just so many things you can do with those guys. And I'm quite sure they're trying to figure it out as well. Because the same thing that we see, the fact that Taysom Hill didn't get a lot of touches and he should, I think they're seeing the same thing. Uh, I think we got a good coaching staff. That's one thing. Like I don't think they're a perfect coaching staff. I think they make mistakes as well but I still think we got a good coaching staff. Uh, I still think we got the right guys in place. We just got to figure it out, man, and get on get one accord. Uh,
1: before we go, your prediction for this weekend, you got to score and you got to – who's going to win?
0: Uh, I got 24-21 Saints. I'm going 16-13 Saints. Okay. Because
1: I'm struggling with the offense. <laughs> so, I, I, I want to see him. you know, that's a touchdown and three field goals. hmm So – Let's let's see. I mean, you know, that 20 point mark has been hard to get to. So I'm I'm, going to go with that. Even though, yeah, hopefully they can take advantage of Steelers, take advantage of a rookie quarterback, maybe generate their own turnovers. And this is a game that I think turnovers are going to play a huge role, a Mm -hmm. huge role in this one.
0: I agree with you. I agree with you. Like I said, we just got to take care of the ball. We got to take care of the ball. We got to force turnovers. And we gotta be able to run the ball. And we gotta get the ball in Taysom Hill's hands. Has you to know? happen. Yeah, I know we're saying a lot of stuff, but that's what gotta happen. <laughs> that's what has to happen. Don't overcomplicate the
1: game. Don't right. overcomplicate the game. Give it to like you said, get give it to your playmakers and live or die with that. I'd rather I'd rather lose with Kamara and Taysom Hill getting their touches than asking myself, should I have got them the ball more?
0: Yes, exactly. Especially when your top two receivers are out there especially when the viewers are out.
1: Man, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. Um, Tell the folks again how they can keep up with you. And we'll we'll do this again on Monday after
0: the game. Man, you can find me on Twitter at TCOPR10. You can find me on Instagram. Uh, Continue to follow Believe in Saints. You know, that's where we're at.
1: Yes, sir. And y'all know how to get at me, at DMGrub, on Twitter and Instagram. And, of course, uh, you can check me out on my podcast, Hard to Paint with DG, as well. So, until the next time – He's Terrence Copper. I'm David Grubb, and we still believe in the New Orleans Saints. Y'all be good. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.